Hello everyone, thanks for tuning in. You are listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show Crash, the UK podcast for the culture geek, technology nerd and creative wizard. This is episode 380, recorded on Sunday the 2nd of May 2021 at 22.53.45. Yes, it isn't exactly 11pm for a change. And that is the mark of things to come, because nighttime recordings are starting to do me in, which is strange. I thought I was nocturnal, but something has gone seriously weird with my body clock over the last two years of the pandemic. We'll see what happens, but I just thought I'd mention that. Not that it would make any difference to when you get this episode, but there you are. Today, as finally promised, I am returning to the Marathon Doctor Who rewatch with the talons of Wang Chiang, which I promised oh so long ago and has taken me so long to watch. It did seem that Crash was flagging for a while, but it has recovered, sort of. Has it recovered? Really, that's down to you, the audience, the listeners. Let me know if Crash is any good, or there is a chance you might watch it fade away. Fade. Yeah, I was going to... Well, let me do that anyway. Do you remember Highlander? I was thinking of that when I was looking at these notes a day or two ago. And I read that I had said fade, and of course Highlander has that quote by the Kurgan, which I watched again on YouTube, and I also saw this little interview with Clancy Brown when he was explaining how not famous he was when he did that movie. It's from the church scene where he says something like, to the priest... It's better to burn out than to fade away. And I don't think either of those two options are very good for a podcaster. I have written in my notes, cue uncomfortable silence, as I guilt everyone into supporting the pod. Let's run that uncomfortable silence now. Run it, I just won't say anything. Okay, I can't take it anymore. I've got to say something. Let's do a little tangent. Since we are talking about Doctor Who, let's jump to the 13th Doctor, Jodie Whittaker, and her final time as the Doctor. I'm not sure if I've mentioned how much I like the 13th Doctor's theme music. I find it deep and underwatery and very much the horror sci-fi style that is appropriate to a horror sci-fi show like Doctor Who. I wonder if I have mentioned that before. Oh, who knows? Does it really matter? Oh yes, and this particular episode is coming out probably tomorrow. And it's being taped today, Sunday, rather than Wednesday, and then coming out on Friday. 
Otherwise, there would have been no podcast at all. But I do hope to return to a regular schedule soon. I'm planning on another episode recording tomorrow and another on Wednesday with releases on Wednesday and Friday. I am, as I frequently am, sorry for how long it's taken me to do this one. It has been, in fact, so long I can barely remember all the details of the Talons of Wang Chiang because of the way I spread out watching each episode, which all goes to show the importance of show notes and thank gods for the show notes. Though I do also cast a little blame the way of the Doctor Who production because this is a six-parter and as I've said before, I really wish they'd stop doing those. They're just far too long and spread out and a bit watered down. And it does feel like they add lots of pantomime-like running around just for the sake of filling those extra episodes. And also making it harder for me, the person re-watching them, to motivate themselves. Given that these were made so long ago and the whole production team is completely different now, don't think my complaints are going to be in any way effective in getting anything to change. I'll just have to live with it, I suppose. As usual, please bear in mind, if you are a new listener, that while I do use multiple sources of information to write my show notes... I assiduously avoid reading reviews or opinions about geeky content, including vintage Doctor Who, and I do this so that I can give you my own and very personal and unique view about the things I consume. This methodology is, however, a double-edged sword, as it means there is a good chance I will miss something. If you find such grievous omissions offensive, please contact me in the usual way, or you can also contact me via my complaints department at null, if you use an MS-DOS operating system, that's N-U-L, or slash dev slash null N-U-L, L, if you are using a Unix-type operating system like Linux or MacOS. That's a very sad techie joke. And with that, let's do the show. As usual, let's start off with some notes. The fourth Doctor is, of course, played by Tom Baker. His companion is Leela played by Louise Jameson. The director is David Maloney, the writer Robert Holmes, the producer Philip Hinchcliffe. And locations. Well, there were many locations. Various ones around England, including not so far away. Places like Northampton, and also places further south, in London, in, by the side of, and near the River Thames as well as the BBC Television Centre Studios. 
This filming took place between late 1976 and early 1977. Regarding the first broadcast, this is Serial 6 of Season 14 and is the final story of the season. It follows on from The Robots of Death, which we talked about in episode 375. It was a six-parter, consisting of six 25-minute episodes, and was first broadcast from the 26th of February to the 2nd of April, 1977. On the 26th of February, 1977, something else of great import did in fact happen for a change. I do not need to resort to the UK singles charts this time or make up some ridiculous quip about how, in fact, nothing happened in the UK on that day because something did. And that great and fantastic thing was the first issue of 2000 AD, the British comic, came out and was available for purchase. I don't really think I need to say more, but I will. 2000 AD blew my mind and drained my pocket money for the next 20 years. Although, of course, at some stage I was actually earning money and didn't have pocket money, but I read it a long, long time, and I still occasionally flick through the pages at the newsagent. Well, I did until the pandemic happened. I do remember following the 26th of February when I was at school and people were flashing around the comic, which I hadn't managed to get yet, unfortunately. I did eventually read the first issue, but it was a while because the demand was just so great. And, man, I can't tell you how much 2000 AD influenced me, and probably lots of other children of the time. Okay, let's move on to what happens, because I'm not really comfortable about putting in an audio clip anymore, because we know what happens when you do that. I've never got a complaint Via email, the only time that I had complaints about audio clips was when I used to upload these podcasts to YouTube, but I don't do that anymore. But anyway, yeah, no clip this week. Let me tell you what happens. In the Talons of Wang Chiang from 1977, we open with the Doctor taking Leela in the TARDIS to Victorian London so that she can learn about her ancestors. And before she leaves the TARDIS, she changes into ridiculously frumpy Victorian clothes. In the dark and gloomy streets of London, on their way to the Palace Theatre, a local music hall, where magician Li Xian Chang is performing, and we know this from a poster, they come across a Chinese gang attacking a cabbie. From what I remember, because it has been a while, Leela captures one, but all three, the Doctor, Leela, and the captured criminal, are arrested by a policeman. 
at the police station, Lisian Chang, the guy on the poster, the performing magician, and in actuality, leader of the Tong of the Black Scorpion, who worship an evil god called Wang Chiang, is called in as an interpreter for the arrested man. This is a highly convenient opportunity, allowing him to mesmerize the arrested Tong member and get him to swallow a little suicide pill called the Scorpion's Thing, a deadly concoction of scorpion venom which leads to immediate death. The dead bodies of the cabbie and the member of the Black Scorpion Tong are taken to a local mortuary where the doctor meets a pathologist called Professor Lightfoot, who is very Watson-like indeed, and I haven't mentioned that yet, but the doctor's own disguise for him to blend into Victorian London is to look like the Basil Rathbone version of Sherlock Holmes, including the Deerstalker, which, as any Sherlockian worth his cocaine would know, was not something that featured in any of the works of Arthur Conan Doyle. Trivia diversion aside, let's return to the adventure. We find out that, distressed by local women going missing, the dead cabbie was looking for his wife at the theatre, and to silence that cabbie and to protect his master, Wang Chiang, Li Xian Chang had him killed by the Tong. Wang Chiang is, in fact, not an evil Chinese god, but an evil fugitive Icelandic war criminal named Magnus Greel from the 51st century, who escaped using something he calls the time cabinet that he invented, which is a dangerous and crude form of time travel that left him badly scarred and dying. Wang Chiang arrived in the current era with his pet slash personal assassin, the small but deadly Mr. Sin, a psychopathic cyborg made up of various parts, including part of a pig brain, who is posing as Lucien Chang's ventriloquist dummy. Back to Wang Chiang, he lost the time cabinet when he arrived, and while searching for it, has been sustaining his rotting shell by draining the life force from young women procured by Lucien Chang through his disappearing stage act. After a series of fights with Wang Chiang, Mr. Sin, and the members of the Black Scorpion Tong, during the course of which Lucian Chang is fatally mauled by a giant rat, one of Wang Chiang's experiments-slash-pets, after being banished by his master and wandering in a daze through the sewer, there is a final confrontation in Wang Chiang's subterranean temple. 
In a scuffle with Wang Chiang, the doctor throws him into his own life force extraction device, whereupon he turns to dust, and all that remains is his outer clothes. The doctor also pulls Mr. Sin's CPU and destroys the crystal key without which the time cabinet is effectively useless and cannot be used again. The theatre manager, who was also part of the adventure, and the pathologist, Professor Lightfoot, see the Doctor and Leela off in the TARDIS and are astonished to see the TARDIS disappear. The theatre manager comments that the disappearing police box would be a conjuring trick fit of the late Lysian Chang. Okay, that's what happens. Let me tell you what I thought. And man, did I think quite a lot. I'm looking at my show notes and it is an intimidating tower of text. Let's do this. In the talons of Wang Chiang, the Doctor does a passable and very eccentric Sherlock Holmes. Leela does a Lord Greystoke or Tarzan in terms of playing the savage in the city, fighting and killing and displaying an appalling lack of table manners at Professor Lightfoot's dining table. In other words, she is great. (laughs) I really like Leela. The whole atmosphere is very gloomy, Londony, sewery, ratty, and giant ratty as well, as we see from one of those not so well executed <laughs> special effects showing Wang Chiang's enormous pet rat. All that, of course, should remind us that there are more than echoes of London-born James Herbert's horror magnum opus, The Rats. The manner of the vampiric leeching of the life force of those young women reminded me slightly of Colin Wilson's The Space Vampires novel, from 1976, which was later filmed as Life Force from 1985. (laughs) Very funny and campy and budget British horror movie that you should see. It is strangely out of time. It harkens back to something that should have been made by Hammer or Amicus in the 60s or early 70s. There is a confrontation in the music hall between Wang Chiang slash Grill and the Doctor, with Wang Chiang and the Doctor trapezing around on ropes and hanging from curtains high up in the stage and dangling precariously and leaping around, and it's all very reminiscent of The Phantom of the Opera. And in fact, I'm going to stop now because there are just so, so, so many references. If I continue, I'm going to be here all day. All night. Sorry, all night. (laughs) Though I did want to mention that Wang Chiang's subterranean temple lair reminds me of Lopan's 
underground domain from the later Big Trouble in Little China, 1986, which is my favourite film of all time. Yes, it isn't Back to the Future, it is Big Trouble in Little China. Which I've probably mentioned before as well. When you add mesmerism into the equation as a theme in this story... I half expected Wang Chiang to be the master in disguise, the Doctor's mortal enemy, who is also a master of mesmerism. I'm sorry, I really should say hypnotism. I think I'm saying mesmerism because I'm getting into the whole Victoriana aspect of the talons of Wang Chiang. But... I looked back in my notes, and it hasn't been that long since I covered The Deadly Assassin. It was in pod 371, and in that, the master did partially regenerate. However, Wang Chiang did feel very master-like. It turned out it wasn't him in the end. Anyway, it was this other guy, Magnus Grill. What really stands out in this story is the theme of yellow peril, which is really at the core of this story. The fear of the so-called inscrutable other is played out to full effect. I never understood that inscrutable nonsense, though. I've known quite a few people from China, and I've bumped into other people from Korea and Japan, and I've got to tell you, None of those people are actually inscrutable. That's just some racist myth. I don't know where it came from. Probably came from the fact that when you're singled out as an immigrant in a foreign country, as I'm assuming was the case for these Victorian Chinese Englishmen, it paid to keep your head down. But instead of being rewarded for that, they were accused of being inscrutable. You just can't win. Anyway, where were we? Yes, Yellow Peril. The villain Wang Chiang strongly reminds me of Sax Roma's Fu Manchu. And even the title, The Talons of Wang Chiang, refers to the long manicured fingernails of the old Chinese nobility which partly denoted their lack of a need to perform manual labour, hence it was a status symbol. Although in the case of Wang Chiang, his fingernails, while they are long, they are also smaggly, which adds a whole layer of extra evil to his character. And then there is the metaphorical meaning of the talons of Wang Chiang, meaning the sinister reach of this evil super-being. Let's move on from the racist stereotypes to the unbelievable whitewashing. Remember, this was filmed in 1976 and 1977. There are other Chinese actors present in the cast, but... They, the producers, still chose a white guy in yellow face to play the titular character's henchman, Lucian Chang. There's also quite a lot of casual racism of other nationalities, like the Irish stagehand who is called a leprechaun by his manager. 
And there's quite a lot of sexism too, including one example where the aforementioned manager slaps the bottom of a passing showgirl. The isms are so blatant that I have to think that it was tongue-in-cheek, which is what we called it before we called it irony. And before we realised that comedic irony wasn't really irony at all. So we've come in a big loop back to racism and sexism. Which makes me wonder if all the ludicrous stereotyping and schlocky horror with a backdrop of the Victorian Music Hall is Hinchcliffe's attempt at a penny dreadful, which was Victorian literature's version of an Italian dog-eared yellow paper-printed giallo and later movies, or something like the Tiet du Grand Guignol in Paris, or an exploitation flick from the 70s, or am I just being too kind? And this is just a well-executed but nevertheless irksome racist and sexist pantomime. You tell me. I remember liking this when it came out, though it was very, very scary, which is the whole point, I suppose, but now, in retrospect, while there are things I appreciate like the schlocky horror and the Victoriana, the nonsensical racism and sexism makes me feel a little uncomfortable, as perhaps it should. On the other hand, the actor playing Lucian Chang, John Bennett, plays the stage magician with some dignity. Also, as well as race, as I just mentioned, every stereotype is hyped. Believe me, as a brown person, even mentioning those things within the vast ocean of racial and cultural stereotyping that is this story does make me feel like an apologist. Now I'm about to say I'm sorry for being an apologist, but I'm an apologist about being an apologist? Yes, John Bennett plays Lucian Chang quite well, in Yellowface, not so great. All this reminds me of, oh man, what was that film when Alex Guinness played a Hindu pundit? It was a very caricature take, but it was oddly respectful as well, as much as any white man of Alex Guinness's era could manage can't remember what that was in. It was some film. Oh, I think it was the one where that Englishwoman falsely accuses an Indian doctor of rape. Oh, can't remember what that was offhand. Where were we? Let's get back to talking about Doctor Who. Yes, the acting. Let's talk about... Lucian Chang's evil master, Wang Chiang, who is, far from being an ancient, far eastern evil god, is in fact a disguised 51st century Icelandic war criminal called Magnus Greel. What I'm getting at is Wang Chiang was played by an English actor, called Michael Spice, who was also the voice of Morbius in The Brain of Morbius. 
so he has some previous on Doctor Who. This English chap played an Asian playing a Scandinavian. There are so many layers in that performance. One would assume maybe he just picked a sinister voice full of gravitas and then just played the character as a villain and the clothing and the environment and the devotion of Lysian Chang was enough to fool my mind into thinking he was this ancient Chinese god. The star creature this week isn't the big ridiculous pet rat of Wang Chiang, but the assassin slash stage sidekick and comic relief of the magician Lysian Chang, Mr. Sin. Mr. Sin is a hideous dwarf dummy slash robot played by none other than genre actor extraordinaire Mohinda Gurdeep Roy Purba, who is also professionally known as Deep Roy. If you're a fan of genre, particularly British genre, believe me, you'll know that this guy has been in everything, and I mean everything, from the Star Wars and Star Trek franchise to Blake 7, and of course Doctor Who, and etc, and etc, and etc. The etc bit actually goes on forever. One part you will probably easily remember him from is the Oompa Loompa in Johnny Depp's Woody Wonka. He has had quite the core-blimey career. However, you probably won't recognise him from his performance in this serial because throughout he wears a really horrible mask and that terrifying mask and the steady zombie-like advancing gait of Mr. Sin is enough to give anyone the willies. He is definitely the iconic horror character of this serial. In conclusion... Is the Talons of Wang Chiang any good? Yes, of course it is, but it's also an uncomfortable watch in today's socio-political climate, which is what it should be. It should be uncomfortable viewing nowadays. Perhaps if you view it through an Alan Moore-style The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen subversive lens then the Talons of Wang Chang could possibly be cast in a more favourable light. But that's up to you to decide for yourself. I can't end this without a small piece of trivia, and this bit is filched straight from the BBC archive page for the Talons of Wang Chang. And that is that Christopher Benjamin, who plays Henry Gordon Jago, the music hall manager, also played Sir Keith Gold in John Pertwee's Doctor Who Inferno. He would later return to New Who to play Colonel Hugh in The Unicorn and the Wasp, which is that New Who adventure in which we meet Agatha Christie. And it's a good one. And that, my friends, is it. 
I'm planning to do another episode tomorrow, but I hate promising anything because you know how that turns out. And then also another on Wednesday, but the same thing applies. To remind everyone, the one taped on Monday and released on Wednesday is the General All Things Geek episode, and the one taped on Wednesday and released on Friday is the specific Retro Revisit episode, i.e. at the moment, Doctor Who. For now, that is it. The show that you've been listening to is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Martha, a writer. Martha is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at RoyMartha.com. If you want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen Recommend it to a friend or a mortal enemy. Or click on the contact or support link on the website. You have been listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show Crash, the UK podcast for the Culture Geek Technology Nerd and Creative Wizard. This was episode 380, recorded on Sunday, the 2nd of May, 2021. And the time at the end of the show is... 234713. Thanks for listening and bye bye for now. Bye.